What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor early in the morning? Good evening and welcome to GradCast, the official radio and podcast show of the Society of Graduate Students here at the University of Western Ontario, where we are enjoying, I guess, our early summer heat and humidity wave. Uh, I'm your host tonight. My name is Yemin Chen. I'm with Tristan Johnson, my co-host. How are you doing? Hey, Yemin. It's been a while. Yeah. Where have you been? Mexico? Yeah, actually. Oh, well, sounds nice. <laughs> Good to have you back. And uh, tonight, joining us, we have two very special guests. A pair from Health Sciences. That's right. We have Sally Norris and Thea Knowles. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves? Let's start with Sally. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having us on today. Um, I'm a combined master's and PhD candidate, I guess. As of now? Yeah. As of now. <laughs> as of um, awesome. I don't know. They don't give you the master's until you actually get the PhD. So it's kind of a weird nebulous zone where you're Perpetual a PhD candidate <laughs> and a master's student all at once. Anyway, um, I'm doing my degree in audiology and hearing science in the communication sciences disorders department. Um, I study musicians and how they hear and the influence of what they hear on how they play. Oh, cool. Neato. And Thea? So I'm in the same um, faculty and department as Sally and also in the same nebulous gray zone of <laughs> the combined clinical master's and PhD, but in the sister program, which is speech language pathology. So rather than audiology, I study um, speech and specifically my research focuses on uh, speech disorders associated with Parkinson's disease mm -hmm. with a focus on speech acoustics and uh, intelligibility or how you can understand the speech of somebody with a speech disorder. Cool. Yeah. So you're here to talk to us today about um, a project that you've both been working on. Um, some, something sort of that grew from, but is in addition to your research here at Western? Mm -hmm. so, it's in addition to our research. <laughs> absolutely, right. A distraction. Oh, of course. We a, all, a we all need our distractions. Facilitates us... our research as well. Yeah. So it yeah. <laughs> covers all. Yeah, so it's defensible. Covers all ground. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. To the supervisors, even. <laughs> so, let's talk, so let's talk a little bit about the secret... Um, the secret that keeps all of uh, a lot of the sciences going, and that is R. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the pirate. Yeah. Like so tell us, R. <laughs> tell us a little bit about R. Yeah. So um, R is this really great program. It's a it's a open source software interface. First of all, it's also its own programming language that's um, used for data analysis, statistical analysis, and data visualization, among a plethora of other things yep, as well. Absolutely. But those are its primary uses, um, and is, yeah, like you said, used across uh, not only the health sciences as we are Absolutely, well aware, health sciences, social sciences. Social sciences, and I even had a few of my musician uh, friends who have been composing electronic music with R, I found out recently. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've used it a little bit in history. Yeah. So it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's taking over the world. It's the secret tool behind all of the science that you love and enjoy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so you guys have put together a group to do R or learn how to do R. <laughs> to do R. To do R. How does one do R? <laughs> so because it is a, a programming language, if you don't have a programming background, it's a bit of a learning curve to figure out how to use and how to uh, you know, manipulate and analyze your own data. And where to go to get help. Exactly. That's right? kind of a key piece yeah. of it. 
Um, Especially R is relatively new in the data analysis world. I, Compared to more established programs like SPSS. So yeah, it's more, it's definitely on the rise in terms of its yeah. usage and its uh, usability and who's using it. So I'm, I'm finding like supervisors don't have a lot of help necessarily yeah. to offer. So where to get help became a big issue. Right. So uh, yeah, so we were both using it for, for our own research, but ran into just that was learning how to use it on our own or, um, you know, Googling the hell out of things online became a bit of a bit of an additional chore on top of just learning how to do the thing. So we were looking for alternative resources. Right. So just for a bit of context, can you tell us a little bit about what you were using R for in your research? So we get an idea of like what you can do with R or what you do with R. Yeah. So um, I guess my primary usage of it as of late for most of my projects has been using it for um, linear regression, linear mixed effects mm -hmm. regression specifically. And we started using that. I, I used it. I'll back up a little bit. Um, my bachelor's was in linguistics and that was at McGill and there R is kind of the go-to analysis tool, um, in that department. So everybody's using it there, but I came here and SPSS was more what folks tended to use, but turns out doing linear mixed effects regression in SPSS was a bit of a challenge slash nearly impossible. So we wanted to, um, sort of go back to looking at what we could do in R and R is especially powerful also for data visualization, so for creating really pretty and reproducible graphs and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so linear regression, these are like statistical analyses, yeah, tests for, for your data right. yeah. to sort of find out what you have or exactly. what you can um, what you can f know based on your research or data. Right. Based so any any statistical test you need to do, you could carry it out in R, but yeah. there are some that are easier in some programs, harder in other programs. So you just got to find what fits for you. Yeah, I've been using um, it, or I will be using it more for Bayesian analysis. I actually currently use MATLAB to set up all of my experiments because that, that it, for, for actual experimental setup and protocol, that has been the easiest tool for me. Um, but my hope is to, to use it for Bayesian approaches later on when I actually get some numbers. Okay, so it sounds like one of the advantages of R is that it's sort of customizable. You can, it's it's flexible. You can uh, sort of modify it for all sorts of different purposes to suit your own needs. Absolutely, and because it's open source, so right? many people are working on different packages mm -hmm. um, that that make it really accessible for a lot. Yeah, it's really it just continues to grow. So there's people. There are packages for the for the tiniest little details mm -hmm. of and anything you would want to do with regards to data analysis. There's something out there that exists. Somebody else who out. wanted to do it. And there's mm -hmm. fun packages too. People just have fun with it. Which is Yeah, so and so the two of you are involved in helping R grow. Is that right? I am not a developer. Are would you consider yourself that? No, neither of us are developers. So we're not uh we don't contribute to the actual programming behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the community, we like the to, community. Feel, yeah, we like right. to exactly. feel like we're very so, involved so growth, with the development. <laughs> growth in other ways. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's uh, this group that the two of you started or got involved in mm -hmm. fairly recently, yeah? Mm -hmm. Fairly recently. As of January this year? As of January in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to say that we are a chapter. I know we are a group, but we are a chapter of an international group called mm -hmm. Our Ladies. So we are Our Ladies London, London Ontario, Ontario. Because... London, England already exists. Of course. Founding member. <laughs> Founding member of Our Ladies International is London, UK. Always so. the second best. <laughs> That's our lot in life. We're always the other London. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So we started in January 2017. We had our first meetup about early, a month after yeah, that. Yeah, early February. February. Okay. Um, so meetups so far have been tutorials um, that we've kind of conscripted people to come and give a presentation on various topics related to R and mm -hmm. or using R or within R. Yeah. Within R. And uh, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the story of how you came to bring this chapter into existence? I think that's mostly Thea. Um, we were in a stats class together and I was complaining vehemently and Thea had a solution. <laughs> uh, did I have a solution? You had a proposition. I had a proposition. I think I rarely have solutions to anything, <laughs> but I had a proposition. Yeah, so um, like I said, I was trying to use R for my own research and was running into hurdles and Sally was um, thinking about using it in the near future as well and had been using it a little bit. And I'd heard about uh, just from blogs online about our ladies user groups sort of popping up all over the world really and so i thought that sounded like a pretty nifty uh resource to have and i looked it up to see where the nearest chapter was and the nearest chapter was in columbus ohio which is it's a bit of a drive mm -hmm. bit of a trek if you just want to pop in and see what it's about so um i signed up for one in Massachusetts, of all places, actually, because my parents are from there. And I figured maybe once in a great while it would overlap with my visits home when they would hold a group meeting. But that didn't happen. But I emailed the organizer of that chapter to see if she had any other, you know, pointers for how we could go about contacting people closer or getting a group started. And she suggested that if we were up to it or if somebody was up to it in London, uh, we just put the organizer hat on ourselves and start a chapter because really you just need to be interested enough in R and committed to finding people to do it together. Yeah. And we should say that we are the first and only chapter in Canada, mm -hmm. I think. Oh, wow. Sweet. Yeah. So what's the mission of R Ladies? So it's to support gender diversity within the R community. Um, it kind of popped up as a grassroots organization in San Francisco and London, UK. Mm -hmm. uh, London... I think later, later, a little, than bit San, later yeah. a little bit later than San Francisco, um, but they started just as communities that needed help with like from each other and mentorship within their own community, um, and then they kind of got together as an international group in November 2016, mm -hmm. I believe, was the after the user conference, which is the R-specific conference. Um, they had a task force that looked at actually what was going on with women in in the R user group. Mm -hmm. So they noticed that about 40% of R users are women, but only about 20 to 30% are actual developers. And so they really wanted to address this, this dichotomy and, and look at ways to support women learning R and welcoming, welcoming them into the community and really just making it a smooth transition from user to developer with community mentorship. Yeah, providing like an accessible space that facilitates that rather than kind of drowns out the, the underrepresented voice. Yeah, and so they potential. Yeah, exactly. So they they really got together and kind of made a, a mandate. They got startup packages and kind of that kind of things to make chapters throughout the world. Right. So speaking of startup packages, can you tell us a little bit about your experience starting up this chapter, the very first? Canadian chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, so we started just identifying people that we knew within our faculty at the very beginning uh, who were using R. We do have an R user group within our department, mm -hmm. and there's folks around just to see what kind of interest was out there. And people seemed pretty stoked to have this, this sort of group 
um, existing. So we held uh, just a little get together, an informal meet and greet, informal meet at and greet Anderson Brewery, <laughs> to kind of see what people, if a group like this existed, what would people want out of it? What would what kinds of resources do people really want? What times of day would they want to do it? What would it really look like from the community that exists here in London? Because although we we have intention of supporting its leadership, we really wanted it to be relevant to the community that was actually going to access it. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, our ideas of what we wanted when we started it up and what we needed, but uh, we really wanted to get a bigger picture sense of what, what the community is. Are we all alone? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out no. Turns out lots of people want it, which is great and awesome. Uh, so we, our first meetup was actually it wasn't too bad of a turnout. Our our meet and greet was kind of <laughs> kind, kind of, of a small turnout. <laughs> um, I think it was only three or four of us. Yeah, most people who I was like, please show up, please come. But then uh, we were we were happy to see. I think we had ten at our first. I think we did too. Our first actual tutorial meetup. Our um, first meetup was held here on campus yep. at FHS mm-hmm. building. Yep. yep, or HSB or HSB yeah. HSB. Yeah. HSB. Which is where, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the health science building. That's right. Yeah, right. So we um, we started, the, one of the great things about being a chapter for a global organization like Our Ladies, and this one in particular, is they have this really great infrastructure for anybody who wants to start up a local chapter. So they've got a GitHub with tons of resources. They have a very streamlined approach to how to set up a Twitter within this group, to set up a meetup page within this group, um, and lots of very streamlined resources for anybody who wants to just become an additional piece of this, uh, which is great. It makes it really easy to find other groups and connect with other groups and other users. So that was And on the organizational piece of the Our Ladies International, they they are a group of amazing women who have been nothing but helpful. So supportive of each other across the globe, too. It's really, (laughs) really cool. We can't speak highly enough of them and what they've done for us, I think. Yeah, and continue to do. They're yeah. just they're they're growing. We're like one tiny chapter, but they are just exploding all over the world. Absolutely, still, which is pretty. Oh yeah, pretty neat to witness too. Madrid, like everywhere. They're all anywhere, anywhere you can imagine. There are our ladies groups. Um, but since then, how many meetups have we had? I think it's five. No. Yeah. Well. Close. Yeah, I think four. Or four I think or we're about to have our fifth one. We're right? about to have our about fifth to have one. our fifth one. We have two more scheduled for the summer, Same. and then we're gonna take a hiatus. So I mentioned, so there's a lot of excitement, a lot of zeal for this group to grow. And you mentioned, Sally, a little bit about not being alone. So can mm-hmm. you tell me this? Um, it'd be interesting for the listeners out there who don't work in, you know, academia. What is it like to be women in the laboratory and, and how, why do groups like this um, help so much? I think... I I don't necessarily feel it too intensely because uh, Thea and I have spoken about this a lot. So Our Ladies International is really about supporting women in in the community. We we have taken a more inclusive approach, Mm -hmm. I think. we don't feel it as intensely as some of the developers in actual tech-specific communities because we're in the health sciences where there are more women in the labs than men. I don't know if that's your experience, too, yeah. but I, th- I think for the most part, there are more women in our departments. Um, but I think that's the thing, too. Even though we are in, both of us are in female-dominated uh, sort of career paths at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, at least speech-language pathology, audiology, less so. But it still exists, right? Even in... Um, uh, a career path and a program that's I had, for example, uh, I think out of the 40 
students in our class 38 were women. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 quite prevalent, but you still feel this pressure and you still feel when you when you're accessing something like R the community is predominantly male. And so there's already a bit of uh, a barrier to entry there, even if you yourself are well-supported in your own community. Right. So the community, community sort of like globally, the the people involved in developing, maintaining, yeah. and extending are, is still predominantly male. Mm-hmm. Predominantly As yeah. are like most tech sectors. Yeah. As yeah. most tech centers. And it, and it is difficult to approach that. Like I, I'm coming at this science degree from a completely arts background. Both my previous degrees were in music. So this was, it was a complete shock to me to have to learn anything about coding and to be a complete novice at these things and to not know where to go for support Mm -hmm. was a little intimidating or completely intimidating, I should say. (laughs) And so has Our Ladies uh, helped a lot with building that sense of community. It's obviously, you weren't, you guys weren't alone in that feeling. Yeah, you started. You said you started with ten people in your first workshop. Has that grown? Absolutely, we've had steady increases in enrollment um, throughout um, throughout all of our meetups. Through mm-hmm. Monthly, we we seem to have more and more people every every week. It seems yeah. that are emailing and like commenting on our Twitter and thanking us for inclusivity. So yes, I certainly feel like it's a great place to to learn. I feel like I can ask all the questions. I feel like mm-hmm. when people ask questions, everyone is so helpful and, and walks them through the difficulties. We've stopped tutorials to make sure everyone's on the same page if someone's having a glitch with their computer or whatever the the issue has been. Yeah, it's very sort of space safe space to just be confused about something and mm-hmm. move forward and learn from that with a group of people who are, you know, all in it for the same purpose. All in basically. it for the same purpose. And um, so one of the things that we, we've we done is also, as, as Our Ladies London, Ontario, we've also reached out to other communities within London. Um, so that's been really helpful mm-hmm. as well because you actually meet people with similar interests, not just the university background. Right. Um, so we have partnered with UnLondon. That's where we host our, our actual meetups. So they're at the um, Novak's building, mm-hmm. um, the historic Novak's building on King Street. That's what they call it on their website, which I always think is really <laughs> hilarious, but I think it's great. Everyone knows it. The Novak sign is is there, so it, it's easy to find. Um, so that's where we host our tutorials and we actually have our lessons, but we've also just recently partnered with the London Public Library. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to add actual working nights so not just tutorials we're going to have drop-in work nights which is we're really excited about Mm -hmm. because that community feeling like you're not alone like even though you're going there you're going to work on your own project your own thing for that night whatever your checklist is uh, but you'll be able to do it with other people who are there to also do the same thing so you said this was uh, more of an inclusive chapter as opposed to well as compared to some of the other global ones um have you found a lot of sort of non-women dropping into your workshops and your tutorials as well? Or have they expressed it's, interest? It's been predom- yeah. yeah, there's been interest. It, it has been predominantly uh, women, which is great, which is the goal, right? Is mm-hmm. that, that that is a space where people can come. But we have had uh, definitely some interest. And it's it's nice because I think the males who are interested in joining recognize that it is um, the space for female leadership yeah and so they have approached us with sort of just asking if it's okay if they come uh and we've we've always said yes to this point we're we're putting the emphasis on female leadership and inclusive fully inclusive membership Mm -hmm. uh, for that purpose but yeah there's been interest across 
across the board. And we think it's wonderful that anyone who's not a cis female, like, would want to support this group, obviously. Like, we think it's great that that you would be interested in joining a group that was predominantly for gender diversity. I mean, yay. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the goal. We should all be supporting one another. Yeah. Um, And is there a fee, a cost involved in attending any of your workshops, any of your tutorials? No, we're we're completely um, free to whoever wants to drop in, and that's that's in keeping with ours ethos of being open source. Yep. Our ladies is a completely free uh, service. Oh wow, that sounds awesome. Do you guys have? Um, well, you mentioned Twitter. Do you have any sort of web presence, a website? Um, where would people? be able to contact you if they were interested in signing up for a workshop or a tutorial or getting involved in the ARC ladies community here at London? Yeah, so our primary information is uh, always available on our meetup page, which um, has been a pretty useful tool as well for finding other groups of that have like-minded interests in, in and around your own community. Um, it's a tool that I didn't know existed. No, no. Meetup.com is great. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, a little advertising. A little for them. advertising for them. They Oops. were. They are. They've been fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's all like, of our information is on Meetup.com. We host. Uh, we post RSVP pages for all of our events, along with all of the information anybody needs to know about that particular event, like what packages you need to have. If there's any other resources you need to be aware of. Um, our schedules, we post the materials that we use. So any tutorial materials that um, a speaker brings with them, we make available on that page as well. And yeah, that's kind of our, our go-to. That's our go-to like for, for information. We also have a Twitter account, mm-hmm. Our Ladies um, London, Ontario, like the hashtag LDNONT, mm-hmm. which we always spell wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. Uh, but we also have a Facebook page. Yep. Okay. So we'll have all this information on the GradCast website with posted with this episode if you'd like to learn more about Our Ladies and to join their tutorials and workshops. So Our Ladies aside, how about, um, what about you as, as people, as um, graduate students as sort of people who didn't grow up in London, but moved here for your graduate studies. How has that experience, um, you know, been for you? And has that influenced your decision to start up this chapter of Our Ladies at all? So I'll start because I can see Sally beginning to laugh. But Sally, I don't know if she's, I think you're aware of this because I've told you, but I came to London actually fairly pessimistic about London, I think, as many do. And I think at, uh, it was at one of our departmental conferences, Sally and I were just small talking away, and I casually mentioned how, oh, I hate London. She's like, you know what? Everybody says that about London, and that's why it's hard to find things to love. But there's tons of resources in London that are amazing, but you have to have a little optimism that they exist. Yeah, so you're like, well, name one. Basically, <laughs> yeah. What are they? But they're- We made one, our lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> London, Ontario. <laughs> no, but there are. I think it's- you know, in, in whatever new community you join, you have to slowly discover the gems that are there that you have to dig a little bit for. And and London's been that for me. Absolutely. It, it, you do have to dig a little bit. I have a disclaimer. I actually did go to high school in London. And then I left when I was 18 and then didn't move back for 12 years. So I people are like, oh, you're from London. I'm like, yeah, but it's not the same. I was never an adult here. So I was right. very trepidatious to move back to London. So things like Our Ladies have been super important for me to kind of 
build up the thing that I want London to be, especially living here as a committed graduate student. Um, Finding the pieces in your community, but also contributing to that community. Yeah, exactly. Um, So as I said, my background is in music and I have actually found some really great players and, and, and great musicians to listen to in music. So that's been very fun and positive. And I think there's lots going on here, you know, mm-hmm. and like our partnership with UnLondon has been awesome. They're an awesome makerspace and, and digital media center that's been really exciting to get to know them and what they're doing. Um, and I kind of taps into this sort of other side of London, too, and other groups that exist that are also trying to find yeah. like minded individuals that, you know, are here existing and, and have resources and and we do really and... need to pool together in yes. this town because there are there are less people. Yeah. Um, and one of our right, ladies... It's not a huge hub. It's... Exactly. You have to dig, exactly. And one of our ladies, London, Ontario, like Thea and I have a goal of like really bridging that gap between Western and the London community mm-hmm. because as PhD students, you really do have to interact with the city to enjoy living here, mm-hmm. right? You can get stuck in Western. It's such a big school. And it it's really great to be able to engage with the community in a different level. Yeah, so other people exist in London outside of they Western do. borders. <laughs> and we true. have we have a couple people who in, in the tech industry who come to our meetups and they're great like for mentorship and mm-hmm. potential jobs after for people. Yeah. You know, like there's lots of really great reasons to come out to our ladies' meetups. Yeah, it's a valuable skill. Well, Sally and Thea, thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. For everyone, for everyone out there in radio land, if you are a graduate student yourself and you haven't come on this show yet, first of all, what's wrong with you? Come on. Uh, you can actually get in touch with the show at gradcastradio at gmail.com. And I think this is going to be uh, the 120-something episode of this show. There's a lot of GradCast to listen to. So if you want to get our huge back catalog, you can go to gradcast.ca or listen to our show at 6 p.m. on Tuesdays. Or you can go to CHRW's SoundCloud page. Or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever great podcasts are sold. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. 